this is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And you're listening to the Guy Life Culture Podcast. Yes. Welcome back to Woo. another week, another episode. We just um, got over Thanksgiving yeah. and um, had a great time celebrating Thanksgiving. We hope that you all had a great time celebrating with your friends, your family, and just being grateful. That was the focus of last week's episode, being yes. grateful. Yeah, and, you know, just taking in, you know, the, the year goes by really, really quick. And when we get to this time of the year is when everyone notices how quick it went. It's like, oh, man, it's already November. Oh, man, it's already December. Oh, it's Christmas. It's, you know, and, you know, it, the, because of the, the, the pace, especially out here in New York in which we live in, you know, the days just fly by. So when we get to this time of the year is when everyone kind of notices, oh, man. We're starting a new year. That's crazy. I just feel like it was New Year's yesterday. And look at us now about to celebrate another Christmas, another a new year as well. So when we have those moments of pause, uh, whether it be at Thanksgiving dinner or wherever, where we get to reminisce and be thankful and all that good stuff, you know, it, it kind of puts things into perspective. Yeah. And um, I think it's one of those times where we also, like you said, realize how fast time truly goes. Yeah. And I think it puts us in perspective for the f- next year and the following year, kind of thinking like, okay, um what have i accomplished what do i have left to accomplish you know what are some things that i can get done a lot of times people wait for the new year to come up with new goals and resolutions when um you know there's still about you know what five weeks left um you know till the end of this year so that's still enough time to get something done to start something you know at least start something yes you know a lot of times we want to wait to you know have enough time to complete something or you know we think we need all of this time but you know, it just starts with taking it one step at a time. And before we know it, you know, we're on our way to accomplishing our goals and our dreams. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. So it's important that if you do have a goal or something that you want to accomplish, don't wait to January 1st to do it. Because what winds up happening is that January 1st comes and then you're just so busy and getting other things done that you completely forgot, forget about that thing that you wanted to do. Uh, so if it's in your mind now, uh, then put things into place so that you can start you know, uh, um, putting things in order in order to accomplish whatever that goal is or whatever idea. Maybe you want to do something. Maybe you want to put a project together. Uh, Whatever it is, start working on it now. Don't wait for January 1st to do it. Yeah, and I mean, now that Thanksgiving is over and, you know, you probably saw some of the parade and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that was on TV. Uh, You probably heard about the lip syncing situation (laughs) and struggles that certain artists had and all of that. But um, at the end of the parade, they always have that, you know, Santa Claus coming out and they start playing Christmas music. And it's almost like the introduction to the Christmas season. And um, if you've been listening to the radio, you know that, you know, the music now, it's transitioning to like Christmas music and in the stores and Mm -hmm. you know as you're shopping and all of that and um you know one thing that i found interesting that was released uh this past week was um reach records the record label that has most of the christian hip-hop and rap artists that we love like lecrae trip lee um and gavi andy minio all of these artists that we love um they came together and released an, an album titled the gift And um, this is a Christmas rap album where they're all featured on it together. Um, I loved the idea 
that, um, you know, having a Christmas rap hip hop album, I thought that was super cool. I had never seen anything like that before. And um, just hearing some of the creatives behind the project just talking about this album, you know, their goal was to have a mood of joy in the room, a sense of togetherness. And um, they basically took all of the classic Christmas songs yeah. and said, if we had them all together, how could we reimagine this today? Mm-hmm. You know, taking songs like Silent Night, Oh Come All You Faithful, Angels We Have Heard on High, all of these Christmas songs, how could we reimagine and reinvent them today? And that's yeah. exactly what they did. They took bits and pieces and of these Christmas songs and just, you know, they rapped over them or had them as choruses and hooks. And it was just a really cool project and something that um, I think caught people off guard because they only promoted it for a few days before its release, before release which it. was, you know, really cool. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely go and check out The Gift. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, and I think it's really cool in the sense that you may not know the whole song uh, because they're they're new, they're quote, they're technically new songs. But since each one of the songs does have a sample or does have a piece of a Christmas classic, it's easy for you to kind of fall into the groove, and you know, it helps you get into the Christmas spirit, even though it's a rap. You know, usually, you know, Christmas songs are very cheerful, jingle bells, or that type of thing. Uh, but you know, with this rap album, R and B album, I think it's really cool. I I appreciated it. I heard a couple of the songs um and i thought you know what that was a smart idea um something that i actually sent you yesterday um yesterday today i sent yeah. you uh, a video uh i happened to be um we were home my wife and i and, and our son we were just home surfing the tv and we happened to fall on the voice uh and for some weird reason we were just we had seen a performance and then we kept watching it to see a second performance uh and we see that this um this contestant by the name Kimberly Joy uh, was going to be singing Tasha Cobbs's Break Every Chain. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Right. I, I haven't seen a live performance on a reality TV show of um, a song like Break Every Chain, you know. And I think, and it was interesting because you kind of brought up this point too, that there are certain Christian contemporary songs that we do hear here and there and we hear them on certain shows or whatever. Yeah, Lauren uh, Daigle just finished performing on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. She sang yeah, You yeah, Say. Yeah. And, and they again, actually, that's contemporary Christian. Yeah, and, and I think a couple of weeks ago they actually did You Say uh, on The Voice, uh, which is cool. But Break Every Chain to me is... It goes in. It goes in. I was going to say a step above, but maybe that's not the correct terminology. Uh, a Break Every Chain is a song that flat out you're ministering. Spiritual and, warfare, yeah. You know, spiritual warfare, and you're declaring a lot of things. So I was very interested uh, to see. So my wife, who wasn't even paying attention to the TV, the minute the track hit and the girl and Kimberly was going to start singing this song, she stopped what she was doing, and she was like, it's about to get good. And to say that she did not disappoint Kimberly Joy did not disappoint. She went in. She sang the song. The musicians were feeling it. The backup vocals were singing it. She even started to minister and say that she was breaking the, the, the chains of fear, the chains of this, the chains of that. And, you know, it was cool and refreshing to see the judges themselves also acknowledge that she was anointed. What she did was minister. And, you know, it was it was just a very impactful moment. Yeah, I mean, this is something that we constantly talk about on this podcast, kind of that merge of God, our life and culture kind of, you know, coming together. And this is a perfect example of that, where we see a song like Break Every Chain that, you know, made huge impact in the gospel and Christian community now, you know, going in and just reaching even beyond that. And, you know, seeing it on platforms like The Voice and all of that, it's just great to see it. And her, her, you know, she herself, she has, uh, you know, 
openly expressed about her beliefs and her yeah. faith. And, you know, I actually looked her up on Facebook to look at a few of her uh, content. And she's definitely, you know, her faith is very important to her. And it's just awesome to see, you know, Christians and believers on platforms like this, you know, being yeah. bold, taking that step. And some may have their reservations with Christians being on shows like this and having to sing certain songs or do certain things. But anytime you have a moment like that, you know, it's definitely awesome to embrace, to promote, and just, you know, be happy all around that there are people out there making di a difference, making an impact in mainstream media. I think it's awesome. No, and, I, and you know, and I think that, you know, we have been seeing, and we've mentioned this in episodes before, where we're seeing this new wave, or we're seeing this new movement uh, that is happening where, you know, the the secular world and you know the christian like the christian world is uh or the realm is breaching the secular world whether it is in collaborations whether it is lauren daigle being on the ellen show and jimmy fallon and this and we are seeing how god is being represented more and more in secular media and i think that's you know that's something where you know we have to hit the ground running with that we have to use that you know uh domino effect or that momentum to continue to push continue to preach to continue to reach out and tap into those outlets that are opening the doors for us you know that's something that I, I i feel like i haven't seen that before it's now the last couple of years the last two three years or whatever it is where we're seeing this movement happening where you know and and yeah at first i was a little skeptical 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 <laughs> Say, skeptical, walk, skeptical uh, uh, about it because i was like you know because maybe it's you know um my own paranoia, my own fears and my own prejudgments of being like, oh, I don't know, you know, you know, you're tratando de meterle en la iglesia or, you know, they're trying to infiltrate themselves into us. Uh, but in reality, it's I, I feel that the momentum is pushing where Jesus is being exalted on these platforms. Right. And that's the and that's the important part that when these people, you know, they go out there and they sing these songs and they, you know, preach out to the world about Jesus and his ability. She's seeking, she's singing, she's ministering about how God will break every chain, that there's yeah. nothing for him that he can't do, that you are free in him. Man, on NBC, like this mm -hmm. is a, a, a network that is not, you know, some secret hidden network yeah. that you have to have a special, you know, cable package to get it. No, everyone on basic TV, basic cable can have uh, has access to this. And, you know, I think it's yeah. really cool. And it's our job to support and go and look up the video. Yeah. You know, I think The Voice even has where you can download the yeah, songs, the, song, the yes. performances. Yes, you, you can. Know? So, again, some people may look at it as like, oh, what's my one view or download going to do? But, again, it stresses a point. It makes a point. It says a statement. Mm -hmm. And it just says that, you know what, there are people out there that want to hear more of that. And what I think is really cool was that this episode, it was the audience's choice. The people were voting on what songs the contestants were going to sing. And this song was chosen for her by the audience. So if you think your voice doesn't count, if you think, you know, whatever you want or whatever, you have no influence, that is a lie. Here we see an influence of people knowing that this girl was going to kill this song, that she's a singer, you know, she grew up in church, all that good stuff, um, and they voted for it, and that's the song that she got to sing. She could have been singing any other song, and this is the song that got chosen by the people for her to sing. Awesome. And I mean, you know, looking at all of this, again, I think that this is actually our job as the church to go out there and to, you know, spread this love and spread this message and by whatever means, you know, 
using our gifts, our talents, our abilities to go out there. And, you know, funny enough, you know, our podcast today, we're going to be talking a lot about the church yeah. and its responsibility, its job, how, you know, just all things, you know, kind of church related. And it's a question that I think a lot of millennials ask themselves. I think it's a question that a lot of, um, you know, believers at some point in their lives, they kind of reach this crossroads in their life and their faith where, you know, they begin to deconstruct the, you know, their faith and deconstruct what they believe and really think and analyze, you know, um, certain things in their lives. And it could be for many different reasons. You know, I was on YouTube a few weeks ago and um, I was listening to a gospel artist, Kiara Shear. She has a vlog where she'll sometimes kind of dabble in topics like this. And she was doing a Q&A and someone asked her the question, why do you still go to church? Mm. And as she was reading this question, she kind of stumbled upon it and kind of, you know, had to take a few minutes to really think about it and said that, you know, very few people ask her that question, you know, why do you still go to church? And it got me thinking, obviously, you know, having this podcast and doing what we do, I thought this would be a great topic to discuss because it's a topic that we see more and more individuals in this day and age question, have strong opinions on, you know, rebel. And yes. we have people that are, you know, super for it and go, you know, to the extreme. So we have like all of these different, you know, opinions, views and perspectives on this topic of the church. Yeah. And, you know, I guess towards the end of the show, we'll share our um, views on why we personally may still go to church and why we do these things. But, you know, wh what are some reasons? What do you think, you know, has our generation or has, you know, these groups of people asking these questions? You know, is it what we see, you know, on social media with certain people? Is it like what the news portrays? Is it how we interpret the Bible? Is it, you know, what certain preachers are saying? What do you think? What What is what's causing this, you know, way of thinking? to just kind of be even more popular today i think that one of the biggest factors that we had now in 2018 in this generation is the information highway you know years ago it's i think it was very easy uh, to keep people within a bubble so in the christian bubble it was very easy to keep you in your christian bubble you know what whatever denomination you were a part of you know whatever church you went to it was very easy for you to just stay there and to go with the flow not know that, you know, other places do it differently, that there were different styles of worship, that there was, you know, more to when it comes to the walk of Christ. Like, you know, it, I, you know, it, I think it was just easier to just stay in that bubble now because of the Internet and because of social media and because of this and because of that. There is more at the fingertips for younger people or anyone in general, people in general uh, to see what's out there. Um, and that has its good. And that has its bad because in the same way that in a good sense, you know, it allows us to maybe we have more access to different types of worship, mu worship music. Or maybe you grew up, you know, in an American church where they only did contemporary music. But because of social media and all this other stuff, you know, you can hear, you know, music from Brazil, music from Australia. You know, you hear all these different types of worship music. That's cool. But on the flip side of it also, there's a lot more things out there that are very easy the enemy could very easily use uh to distract you or to take you away or to point out things to you about the church uh that you know oh you know you shouldn't go to church or the church is closed minded the church is this or the church is that uh, so i think that our generation and specifically is it's we reached this crossroad because of that because of the information highway because of what's out there uh, for us i also think that with that in mind as well churches in general haven't 
caught uh, having aligned themselves with the idea that how we did church in the 1980s, how we did church in the 1990s, 1970s or whatever, is not the effective way on how to do church now. And I think that that's one of the biggest issues that we have, that churches are still running things or doing things the way that they were doing it 40, 30 years ago. And the generation that's in now is a completely different generation. And, you know, and I think, you know, that's that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people go with the frame of thinking that, you know, God doesn't change. Therefore, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have to change what we do. God is still God. And, you know, we hear a lot maybe from the older generation or those older than us. You know, when I was growing up in church, this is how things were done. And look at us and look at, you know, and we have to realize God does not change, but he does change in how he reaches us. And his methods change, his ways change. Yeah. I heard in a a preaching uh, actually at our youth camp where the preacher said, God doesn't change, but his tactics do. Yeah. Um, And I think that that's very important where the message is still the same, but the way that the message is delivered is the way it's what gets changed. Yeah. And most, you know, organizations or churches don't really, I guess you can say, do their homework where they research. Okay, you know, we're not going to completely bring the world into the church and do some crazy things, very questionable and controversial. But, you know, what has the attention of our young people? Mm-hmm. What our what are our youth doing, you know, in their spare time? What is the school teaching? You know, what are these, you know, college classrooms? What are they like? And what is the agenda being pushed? And how can we grab their attention? How can we, you know, fully get them engaged mm-hmm. where it's not just them coming to church, but yes. them coming to church and actively participating, you know, being active in worship, whether that is teaching them what worship is, whether that is, you know, different styles of worship, introducing new music and new songs, you know, and I think for the younger generation, that could be something that can be, you know, a problem. Oh, we can, we sing the same songs or Mm -hmm. we have the same music style for years and we don't introduce these new songs and all of these things. So I think it, you know, one of the first things that, you know, a lot of people struggle with, I guess, in relation to the church is, like you said, it's been the same thing for years. It's the same thing. And they kind of get into that routine, into that cycle, and they get tired of the routine and tired of the cycle. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I was I was actually meditating on this today because I knew that this was the topic that we were going to speaking about is that, you know, they're different. I feel like there's two different groups in the church, which are the group that usually we generalize the younger youth, uh, the younger people um, with where, you know, we need to find ways to keep them, you know, um, engaged in the church and and ways to grow them spiritually so that they, you know, can love God and love the service, love to service and love to worship and love to come to the church. But I feel that there is another group. And usually, uh, you know, and I I can only say this because of my friends and the people that I speak with, which are older youth, where the church is not challenging them. The church is not a lot is not doing anything that pushes them to grow. You know, I have these conversations all the time where, you know, you've been in church your whole life. You've practically done it all. You've done, you know, you you've been in all types of leadership positions, you know, um, and you know you've served and you do all this stuff, but you reach a point where nothing else is happening, you know. 
you you're looking for more you you need to be challenged you need to you know have your church invest in you so that you can grow and push you know because that's the other thing with the information highway where you know now younger people that really dedicate themselves and really put themselves into position about you know seeking god and reading books and you know uh diving into the word of the lord and all that other stuff you know there comes a point where the church needs to also meet that need as well where you know they're they're stuck you know and you know what it reminded me of it maybe this is a really bad uh analogy it reminded me of those kids that used to get put into special ed because they misbehave and they were you know oh you know that's a bad kid and you know right. they got to put in special class and it's that the kid would misbehave because he was bored you know he wasn't being challenged in school he wasn't being fed what he needed to be fed and he was just you know misbehave and act up or whatever you know and that's what that reminds me of that we have people in church where they need to be challenged. They need to be fed. They, they're looking for more. They need mentors. They need this. They need that. And they're not receiving that in the church because, you know, maybe the tactic, they, they, the church hasn't developed the um, understanding that we have different groups of people in the church. That means that we have to address each group differently. What works for newcomers is not going to work for people that have been in the church for 30 years. Yeah. And, you know, yes, we're supposed to be self-sufficient. Yes, salvation is individual. But the church also plays a role in making sure that those that are in a better place, and I don't even like saying that. I don't even like saying better place. Uh, but in a, in a place where they can be challenged more, are, should be challenged more and should be, you know, pushed more and should be fed more and should be, you know, uh, uh, everything more. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, yeah. I mean, it does. And I think, again, it comes down to just the church knowing their audience and knowing their congregation, yeah. you know, and knowing the different types of groups and ages and all of that. And I think one thing that a lot of people mention when it comes, you know, to this topic of the church is the idea of church hurt. And it's something that a lot of people can, you know, use where they say, well, the reason why I don't go to church and mm -hmm. I did go at one point was because the church hurt me or because I went through this tragic experience or this happened at a church I went to and I just couldn't believe it. So I just completely, you know, stopped going. And yeah. we blame, you know, this idea of church hurt on the reason why we don't go to church and the reason why we have our own personal relationship with God. And it seems like more and more in this day and age, that's the idea that's being pushed, having your own relationship with God, you know, not needing the church. And, you know, we focus on church hurt. If you type in on YouTube church hurt, the amount of, you know, <laughs> for someone like me who does spoken word, the amount of spoken word videos on church hurt and different people sharing their experiences, different people sharing their thoughts, different people sharing, um, you know, bad and negative experiences that they had. It's incredible how many mm -hmm. people out there have content on church hurt, you know, and it, kind of annoys me at times and kind of, you know, frustrates me to hear, you know, because again, if I'm not a believer and I'm looking at the church and I'm, you know, YouTubing the church or something, and this is what comes up a yeah. bunch of videos on church hurt. And, you know, this idea that the church hurt me, the church wounded me, you know, it may be true. It may be true that some people did go through a tragic experience or did go through a rough time or did go through hurt, but you cannot take that one moment, that one issue that you went through and put now the whole church in that same box. You can't take what one pastor did and now every pastor is the same way or what one church member did and now every church member is the same way. And now you associate the word hurt and the word church together mm -hmm. and they're connected somehow and i think that this idea it's so easy to fall into this trap because so many people can relate to it you know i mean 
I know you. You, mm. I know you've been through some church issues. <laughs> I know we've been, I've been through church hurt. We have yeah. stories, you know what I mean? Yep. And we've been through things. And at the same time, we can go and ask someone else, and I'm sure they have their share of, of issues and things. And if we all got together and just sat and complained all day, would we want to go to church? Would we want to go back? Would we want to continue? Probably not, you know? So I think it's that whole, you know, misery loves company Mm-hmm. Um, that we see happening more and more where someone is hurt by the church. They connect themselves to someone else who's been hurt by the church. They have their pity party together. Yeah. They cry together. They get together and they're now both against the church and yeah. they have, you know, this negative view of the church and they want everybody in their friendship, you know, circle and everyone on their Facebook friends list and Instagram friends list to, to have <laughs> the same vision and yeah. same mentality. You know, nobody needs to know that you went to a church and so-and-so did that to you and they betrayed you and they hurt you. And that's why you're not going back you know and again this is not everyone's experience Mm -hmm. this is not putting everyone in a box there are unfortunate circumstances where new converts come to church accept the lord don't really know what's going on what they're doing and get hurt by someone in the church and Mm. they could have a legit reason as to not to go back Mm -hmm. you know they don't have the maturity they don't have the understanding they don't have the knowledge to really understand okay man fails god doesn't this is man i have to look at god you know but for those who have been in church forever and you know better and Mm -hmm. this is not your first rodeo you know for you to kind of have that mentality that's where it becomes dangerous so i think that church hurt mentality is kind of one of those things that can keep people away from the church today what do you think you know, Emma Higgs uh, posted a blog slash article titled How to Stay in Church After Faith Deconstruction. One of the points that she stressed was the church is a human institution. Jesus spoke about building the church and Paul describes Jesus as the cornerstone in the foundation of the church. As Christians, we believe that God through Jesus was the catalyst for the birth of the church and continues to work through it. But however, you understand the role of the Holy Spirit in divine intervention in church affairs it's hard to deny that humans play a significant role. Churches are essentially groups of people attempting to respond to something divine and mysterious. And I think that, you know what, like that's as clear as anything where, you know, yes, I think that a lot of times what we fail to realize is that churches are full of humans. (laughs) They're full of people that are going to make mistakes. And does that does that give them a pass in that if they did do something wrong that they should get away with it? No, it doesn't give them a pass. But the Bible teaches me that God fights our battles. And there's certain things that we have to put in the hands of God. There's certain hurts. There's certain, you know, things that happen to us in this journey where we can't constantly be fighting with everyone and holding God accountable for things that humans did. You know, the pastor hurt me. The leaders hurt me. You know, I had a friend in church and he backstabbed me or they, you know, they spread lies about me. That's not God's fault. You can't blame God for that. You know, that's a human, you know, because of someone's humanness and because of sin and all other stuff, you know, that's why that happened. And, you know, we have to be able to push through that if i sat here and shared with you guys the stories that i have about hurt that i've been through you know i've practically been in church my whole life so let's say the past 25 years or whatever those anytime i think about any of those experiences that i've had they all merited me leaving the church 
if I left for any one of those reasons, no one can ever be like, oh, I don't understand why you left. They will all be like, oh, okay, I get it. I can see why you would leave the church because of those things. But because I understand who God is and I understand my relationship with him and I understand the need for me to be, you know, around people that love God as much as I do, even though they're flawed, even though they make mistakes, even though they're not perfect, I'm not perfect. I'm pretty sure. You know, and maybe this is weird to say, I'm pretty sure there's people out there that have church hurt because of me, whether it is because of my attitude. You know, I have a strong character. People all the time are saying you're too serious, you're too serious or you're too strong in the way that you speak. You know, and I'm pretty sure there's people out there that may have had bad experience because of my flaws, but I wouldn't want them to be mad at God and to leave God because of little like me. Like, who am I to compare to be like, oh, because Eddie, you know, did A, B and C, you know. God is no longer worthy of my love. God is no longer worthy of my worship. God is no longer worthy of having a relationship with me. Yeah, and I think people miss the point that that's why we go to church. Because we're imperfect, because we have flaws, that's why we're in church. Because imagine if we were not in church and we have our strong characters and personalities and sarcastic remarks. Imagine that's how we are in church. Imagine if we didn't go. And if we didn't have that relationship with God, how we would be, you know, and imagine we hurt people in church. Imagine what we could do if, you know, we were not in church and not, Mm. you know, fully surrendered and submitted to Christ. You know, the reason why we go to church is because we are flawed. And I think at times people forget that, you know, because we get into the whole politics of things or, you know, you're this leader, you're that leader, you have this position, you do this in the church. So that means that you can't do this and you're expected to act like this and talk like this and treat everyone like that. When we forget that we are all flawed, we are all imperfect, and that is why we actually go to church. And one of the things that I think we have to understand is that it's okay to disagree. It's okay for you to be in a group of people, in an organization, in a church, and get into disagreements with people and disagree on certain points. And I think that's another big reason why some people may just stay away from the church. Oh, well, I went there and, you know, they didn't let me do this and they didn't agree with that. And I agree that we should have at least one hymn being sung. And I think (laughs) that if we don't have three coros and three coritos, and I don't know, and I think if we don't have drum, right, just because your church and those in your church may not completely agree with everything that you think it doesn't merit you the right to just leave or get up and go because you know they don't sing the way you sing and they don't do certain things that you do you know what maybe god has you there to introduce a new wave of something maybe god has you there to you know bring some new ideas what role can you play and again there are certain circumstances where you know what if something is not working for you there's a right way to leave and get mm-hmm. out of a situation yes but if you are just going around church hopping and jumping from here and jumping from there to this church just because you're disagreeing with people then you need to check yourself yes and do a self-reflection and say why but do i keep bumping into you know people Good why man. do we bump heads so much why am i constantly in conflict you know one of the verses that we use so often to defend you know the idea of church is found in hebrews chapter 10 um, verse 24 where it says and let us consider how to stir up one another to love Mm -hmm. and good works Mm -hmm. not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near right there it's telling you that we meet together to what to stir up one another in love and good works 
works. So if you're at a church that is stirring you up in love and to do something good, then you're in a good place. If as you meet, you know what, you're encouraging one another, that's a good place to yes. be in. It may not be the way you want it to be. It may not sound the way you want it to sound. But again, sometimes we get so caught up in what we want that we neglect you know, where God has us for a season, you know, and it's super important to just remember that, that if God has us in a specific church and a specific group of people in community, how can you stir up one another to love and stir up one another in your community to good works? How could you do that? You know, what can you do in order to just bring those around you closer to God? You know, and I think one of the important things to remember is timing is everything. I've been in plenty of meetings. I'm, I'm a person that, it's hard for me to be in a meeting and not say anything, you know, you know, if we're in a meeting and it's a brainstorming session about an idea for a project or an event or for something, whatever it may be, you know, I always have an opinion and I always have an idea. And there have been times where I could have, you know, I could have bet money on the fact that what I had to say was the way to go. Like, this is the idea. This is what we need to do. This is what I make. This is what's going to make things better. And, you know, Everyone else didn't agree with that. And, you know, did I walk away maybe feeling a little salty? Yeah, just a little bit. Because, you know, whenever you have an opinion idea, you want your thing to be done. Uh, but, you know, I've also learned to see how God moves in those areas as well. Because sometimes your idea is good. Sometimes you do have valid points. But we're not there yet. You know, that idea is going to work in two to three months from now. It's going to work next year. It's not going to work now because you aren't there yet. Whatever it is that you're doing, the project or whatever, maybe the people that 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 involves aren't there yet so that, that your idea can be executed and done correctly. So when it comes uh, to disagreements and stuff like that or whatever, you know, everything respectfully, you know, brainstorming sessions when a group of leaders get together or a team, whether it be like youth ministry, men ministry, women ministry, whatever, get together to come up with ideas. You know, it's not, it should be a safe place where people can give their opinions. You know, people can disagree. They can, you know, constructively criticize, not criticize them, but, you know, constructively build on each other's ideas and nobody feel, you know, belittled or nobody feel hurt or nobody feel discarded. You know, that's that's what the being part of the body of Christ is. We are a team. So we're going to work together. Sometimes, you know, it reminds me of the story about Steve Furtick with um, the song, uh, Oh, Come to the Altar yeah. or whatever. And he speaks about, you know, he has this video up in one of his preachings where he speaks about he had a piece to that puzzle yep. of oh come to the altar and it wasn't until he connected with i think his guitar player or one of the other people on his worship team they had the other piece of the puzzle and together they were able to make this great song like sometimes it takes that waiting for the other person that has the rest of the puzzle so that it becomes you know the big picture that it needs to be yeah and you know a lot of times you know again we focus on leaving the church and we focus on you know how there's so many different reasons why we leave a church and you know what there may be some of you who are in a church and you just feel like that's not where you belong for whatever reason you know maybe it's the style of worship maybe it's the you know the sermons that are being preached maybe it's just certain things that the church is aligned with that maybe you're just not so much in agreement with you know when you like you know a certain style of music and you like a certain atmosphere in the church and mm -hmm. you know there's so many different churches i've been to so many churches different styles different platforms stages lighting you know some churches that 
look like very like back to the basics like we just have a mic and a light and that's yeah. it then i have churches you go and it's like i just entered the enter the cathedral then you go somewhere else and it's like you know whose concert is this you know right mm -hmm. so there's so many different churches so whatever you like i'm sure there's a church for that you know there's an app for that i'm sure there's a church for that where it's like you know what this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for, you know, but there's a difference when your wants and what you're looking for is aligned with what God wants for you. There's a yes. difference where what you're looking for is not for your ego, but so you could be your best. And so you could worship God to the fullest, you know, and I think that a lot of times what we want and what we're looking for gets clouded by our ego gets yeah. clouded by what we want. You know, we want to be at a church that's, you know, huge and has lighting and stages because we want to be on that stage and have the mm -hmm. light on us you know or we want a church that has you know this many people because then churches like that i'm not bothered and i can just go and leave you know so if your motivation behind attending a certain church or leaving your church to go somewhere else is off because it's centered around your ego you'll never be satisfied yeah you'll never be happy you'll never find that church and that is why you see so many people on your facebook timeline constantly going from church to church you know and complaining about that church and then they move on to another church and you're like wasn't he or wasn't she just like two weeks ago at this church mm -hmm. like now she's there okay well you know that is why and they're, eventually you see that they are not in don't church go period. at all yeah you know and it's because they're in a search they're in a pursuit of something that's not based or have a strong foundation in christ there's no foundation there it's all about ego it's all about being selfish so just analyze yourself and make sure that if you're taking that step or making that move that you're making that move because it's what god wants you to do in his time and not because you feel a certain way because you want something and because you feel that where you are is not good for what you want mm -hmm. i mean but you know the question was posed to kiara sheard right that's who the question was posed yeah. to but why you stay if that question was posed to you how would you respond to that to me i think that when i think about the moments that i've had with you know with god and you know like you i have a similar story where we've grown up in the church we've been in church for so many years i mean yeah. it's all i know all i can remember you know, when I think about, you know, the church, when I think about moments that I've had, you know, like great connection with God or I've had a moment of just like deep encounter and a crazy experience with God or what I felt, you know, it's happened in church. You know, mm. it's happened where, you know, I didn't feel like going or I felt like, you know, I, I don't want to go for whatever reason. And then I go and I'm encouraged by someone. I'm surrounded by people that, you know, have, you know, a positive mindset that are that uplift me, that encourage me. Or I go when someone says something that that moves something in me or the preaching, the sermon, you know, just in the worship itself, you know, God literally refreshes you. And for me, I you know, can think about specific moments where I have felt like, you know, giving up. I have felt like, you know what, I can't do this or I have felt weak, you know, and it's weird because oftentimes, you know, at least for me, because this is all I know you can say, yeah. you know, and I have that connection and, you know, that experience giving up, like leaving God is never an option mm -hmm. for me, but church seems to always be like okay but i don't necessarily you know exactly <laughs> the mentality that we fight against yeah. you know and even in all of that there's something still deep inside that says no mm -hmm. dude like this is where you belong you know so for me 
it's that sense of belonging when I enter there. Like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. There are a bunch of churches out there, and I can say that there are a bunch of churches out there that probably, you know, my personal checklist have way more checks Mm -hmm. for me. And I'm being very honest, you know. But when I enter my church, for me, I know that's where I belong, Mm -hmm. you know. And that feeling of belonging is something that a mega church can't give you, is something that a church with lights and a stage and this can't give you. And are there moments of frustration? Absolutely. Are there moments of, you know, feeling tired and weary? Absolutely. But again, this is where I belong. Not because, you know, things that have been told to me or my friends are here, family's here. Because at a certain age, you do what you want. Mm -hmm. But when you enter into your church and you feel a sense of belonging, that's what makes a difference. Belonging from those around you, but most importantly, from God. Like, this is where you belong. You know, why do you push? Why do you keep coming here? Why? All of these questions are questions that at times you may ask ourselves. And it's like, you know what? When I think of those moments, you know, there's only so many moments that you can have on your own, you know, in your own prayer time, in your own moment with God at home, in your bed, you know, at the, you know, on the floor in your prayer closet, wherever you seek the Lord, you can have great moments there, but there's nothing compared to walking into a church that takes physical action, takes Mm -hmm. you getting into a bus, getting into a car, riding a bike, moving, literally moving and picking yourself up in the moment where you don't want to, the moment where you're tired. There's something that happens when you pick yourself up and you enter through those doors. Think something has, your mood has to change. Something has to happen. And when you think about, when I think about those moments entering into the church, you know, I'm encouraged. And that's what keeps me going back. That's what keeps me, you know what? Like, this is where I belong. So for me, it's that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And I think that so many people, you know, are in pursuit of that. You know, they want to go somewhere where they feel like this is where I belong. This is, you know, where I know I meant to be. That's good. <laughs> I yeah. just, I'm over here, you know, and, and there's a lot of points in which you hit that I'm totally there with you and I and I understand them and I relate to them. Uh, but like a question that popped into my mind was the the question of whether or not it is a majority or a minority of people that feel that exact way. The sense of belonging. This is where I need to be. Like I'm not gonna find anything else no anywhere else. Um, you know, because for me it's always been and you know I've been doing this on my own from a really a very early age you know my parents stopped going to church when i was around eight nine years old and ever since then i've kind of been i've I've definitely not kind of i have been doing this on my own and it's always been because of my desire of my hunger of my need for god you know when everything else was going left when even my the people from church weren't there for me even when you know things were just going really really bad for me you know that was my safe haven that was my place that's where I went and I felt God and I felt comfort and I got my strength and I got the love that I so needed growing up and you know and 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 it wasn't from people this is like straight up from God Mm -hmm. only um you know and it's and and because of that, even when I, in my rebellious years as a teen, when I was like, oh, bump it, I'm going to leave church. You know, this is just too hard. You know, everybody else is having fun. Everybody else is doing whatever they want to do without a care in their world. I remember in high school, I went to high school in the city and our high school was right next to 
Union Square Park. I almost forgot. Um, and, we, and I used to sit there and I used to watch everybody just walk back and forth, living their life, doing their thing. And I'm like, man, they have it so good. Like for face value, I would think that everyone else in the world had it so good. But when I would try to leave God and leave church and not, you know, be like, ah, oh, you know, it's not that important to me or whatever. I felt this emptiness, this need uh, for God and for going to church and to continue to push and to continue to fight. And that's what's motivated me. And, you know, and it's that desire and that hunger and that need to continue to pursue God, you know, I don't understand people that, you know, you could be in, you you could you could be in this walk for 30 years, 20 years, 10 years or whatever. I don't un- I don't understand how they're satisfied, how they're contempt, how they're good. Like whatever level they're in, they're fine with being in that level. And for me, it's like, no, I need more. I desire more. I want to keep pushing. I want to keep stretching. I want to keep, you know, discovering more of God and how he can use me and how he can do things um, through me, because, you know, that's that's a desire that I have to be, you know, of, inst- of, of, of instrumental to God in his kingdom. And, you know, and that maybe that that maybe comes, you know, from if, you know, somebody out there wants to psycholo- psychologically analyze it. You know, it maybe comes from me being a kid and never being wanted and never being and never and feeling like I was never wanted. I was not important. You know, I was never going to amount to anything. And me like flipping that and, you know, putting it on God and be like, no, you I am wanted. I am needed. How can I, you know, do it? Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, for me, it's a sense of wanting. I need it. I desire it. it it's a must for me. Like for you, it's ne- it's never an option for me to stop going to church. It's never an option for me to turn my back to God. And, you know, and in those moments of weakness where as humans we do have, you know, no matter how many miracles God has done in your life, as a human, you're always going to have <clears throat> a moment of doubt. But when those moments of doubt do creep into my life, I remember all the things that God has done already. So if he's done those things already, why can't he continue to do, to do those things in my life moving forward? So, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm here all like trying to hold back my tears and stuff. <laughs> no, but um, I think it's very it's very important, um, you know, to have these discussions and you know, ask yourself these questions. And you brought up another question of, you know, pushing. And I think it comes to a certain point in your life where you can just go to church really and leave. You don't really have to do anything. You don't have to be in some type of leadership position. You don't have to do something, you know, big and extravagant in your church. And there are some of us out there that are leaders or that are involved in ministry or are involved in certain things where, you know, we, can sit back and like ask her like why why do i keep doing this you know like what mm-hmm. why do i keep going through like these headaches and i know that yes. being involved in this is going to produce this and you know organizing something is going to cause this amount of stress and i have these deadlines and you know they're going to be people that are going to be this way and act this way and you know just as a believer and going to church in itself we're targets for the enemy you know Mm -hmm. why do we put ourselves then you know instead of being like you know the fourth fifth line we're going to be in the front line yeah you know and i think that response of wanting more you Mm -hmm. know i've always said i'm like very unsatisfied it's like god that was great but i want more you know and i i don't know if that's a good thing if that's a bad thing you know but god does something it's like god that was awesome thank you so much but like i I want more, you know, like I need more of who you are. I want to experience you more like this is not enough. And sometimes I'm so hard on myself where it's almost like I feel like I'm not doing enough. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I could be doing I could be doing that. I could be, you know, and it's that sense of, you know, loving God so much 
that you can't imagine not doing what you do. You love God so much that, you know, you don't want to hurt him and you Mm -hmm. don't want to leave. And, you know, some people separate those ideas. You Mm -hmm. know, I love God, but the church, eh, (laughs) you know, and when you realize that God, you know, it's love God, love people. And Mm -hmm. it's not just the people outside the four walls, you know, and I, I just see a lot, you know, that phrase, love God, love people. You know, we're called to go out to the world. We're called to do this and reach those outside the church. Yes, and that's so true. We talk about that all the time, you know, but God has placed people in your life that you see sometimes more than your family. Yep. You know, very true. there are people in my church that I see way more than I see my family in a year, you know, then and there are times where a few years could even go by family, family that lives out of state or whatever. And, you know, it's crazy to me that we can be in a community so close and still be so disconnected at times from people, mm-hmm. you know, and believe that, you know, God just really wants you to be by yourself and do this life on your own. You know, and that's a complete lie. God put you in your church community. God has you there. God has you surrounded by a group of people for this time, for this season, whether it's for 10 years, whether it's for 10 months, whether it's for, you know, the next decade, wherever you are, you know, know the people around you, stir up each other in love, you know, to do good works, you know, and that key verse, that key point in that verse is not neglecting to meet together, you know? There's something that happens when you all come together in church to worship God that can't happen when you're by yourself in your room. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have great experiences with God alone. You could have awesome moments with the Lord by yourself. But there's something that can't be replicated when you enter a church and connect with like minded people. And it's biblical. Mm -hmm. God did amazing things with people individually, but it wasn't until they came together that God really did his thing and God really showed up things that God did that God could not do with one person alone in a tent, in their room, in a mountain by themselves, you know? So I believe, and I'm a firm believer that even though this, the idea, this philosophy of I don't need church, I can go once a month or I can go and when I feel like it, or I can watch the live stream from my house, Hmm. you know, this idea, you know, again, we need to go back to that basic idea of just meeting together and life is hard. Yeah. We have responsibilities. We have jobs. There are people with kids and all of that. So it can be difficult at times, but when you are able to make it, when you are able to go to your local church or church in general, go and be a part of it, you know? And I think that that is a big key of it where people, you know, they go to a church, they're not satisfied with things that are happening in the church but they're not part of the church. You know, they don't engage. They don't go to activities. They're not part of any of the teams. They're not part of any of the outreach groups. They're not part of anything, but then they're unhappy with how things are going. Like you can't, like that's not the right mentality to have. If there's something in your church that you're kind of not really, you know, feeling or you think can be modified, you think could be changed or you think will be uh, more effective in a different way, then yeah, definitely feel free to, you know, share those ideas with them, but also be part of the church, be part of the team, you know, 
know, be there during activities. You know, don't just show up and dip. You know, there's people that go to church. They come in just a little late so that they don't have to see nobody and say hi to nobody. And they leave just a little early so they don't got to, you know, talk to people at the end. It's like, no, be a part of the church community. Yeah. And if you feel like your church isn't really doing a lot of outreach stuff, man, then invite someone. You know, the church is having an activity. Ask if you can bring a friend and invite that friend, that coworker. You know, you you can definitely play a big role in the change that you want to see. And again, talking about change that is in the right place, you know, with the right mindset coming Mm -hmm. from the right place in your heart, not out of ego or competition or strife, you know, but you want to see certain things, you know, you can make a lot of things happen. Speak to your pastors, speak to your leaders. A lot of times, you know, the pastors and leaders are praying for people to, you know, to God, for people to just move and want to do something and you going up to them, wanting to bring change or wanting to just grow and do even more and have ideas and all these things can really motivate them and move them in the direction that God really really wants them to go in. So I think we all, we're all in this together. You know, we can all play a part in this idea of the church. Yeah, you know, and and if you're part of the group of people who have done everything, who have been a part of the church, who have communicated, who have had meetings with leaders, who have meetings with your pastor, and this, that, and the third, and they aren't moving forward, then that's when you start, you know, that conversation with God about, all right, Lord, I'm trying. I've done everything you've asked me to do. I've spoken to all the right people. I've done, you know, and it's not like, oh, I tried yesterday and today. It's no, you know, this has been a, like, I know, I know people personally that for years are have been part of a church where they have been pushing and they've been fighting and then in a good way not in a bad way but you know they've yeah. been like trying to motivate you know whether it is the young people motivate the older people motivate the leaders you know let's do more outreach let's do more this let's do more that and they're kind of stuck in that spirit of contentment where it's okay with them to just show up to church you know twice a week you know have sunday school and be out you know then you know that's where you then take the next step to do it correctly you know to seek god's guidance and to you be like all right lord you know i need more i I, i'm dying here spiritually you know shine the light show me where i have to go and god will when you seek his guidance he will i have witnessed people leave certain churches and leave church to go to a different one and they do it in like the best way possible yeah you know where they're respected where they're still loved where they're still cared for and then i've seen people do it like this is exactly like what not to do you know (laughs) yeah and it's like you know it's horrible but when you seek god's guidance you know you're not knocking walls down and you're not knocking doors down. You know, when you see God's guidance, he's got you. He clears the path, you know, where there won't be any strife. There won't be any sadness. There won't be any of these things. You know, you may have to overcome, you know, certain people's criticism, but at Mm -hmm. least in your own life, you know what? You'll be at peace with it. You're not responsible for what other people think about your decision. And and I I was going to point that out, which is even though you do everything the correct way and you move in God's timing there will still be people that feel a certain type of way and that's okay that's not between you and them that's between them and God because there are people in churches that feel stuck and also want to go and also want to you know you know do the things that you had the desire to do and able to do it but they don't have the motivation and ambition to do it so when they see you doing it it becomes a problem you know, and then they start to hate because unfortunately we got haters all up in the church. Let me stop. No, it's true. <laughs> uh, or whatever, because I experienced that when I, you know, when I got married and I, you know, moved out here to Long Island and I've decided to move to my wife's church or whatever. I did everything by the book 
to the T, you know, had meetings and, and all this stuff. People knew it wasn't like it was a surprise thing where I just grabbed. And we've seen that people grab the mic on the day of and say, oh, I'm leaving the church. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. Wow. Uh, but it wasn't like it, I did everything by the book. And even by doing it that way, there were still people that felt a certain type of way. And to this day, don't talk to me. And it's like, I didn't do anything wrong. I did everything right. So that, you know, so I'm not going to be discouraged and I'm not going to be like, oh God, you know, why did you move me? You know, so and so feels bad. No, too bad, unfortunately. And that sounds really messed up, but too bad. Sometimes, you know, people are not okay with you leveling up. People are not okay with you growing. People are not okay with you, you know, moving and doing better things because they're stuck in their situation and don't have the motivation to move out of it. Yeah. And those of you listening and those of you who may be feeling like you need to get out of your church for whatever reason, make sure you listen to the whole podcast and not just take that little segment to say, you see, I'm out, you know, because again, every situation is different. Every circumstance is different. At the end of the day, we can't tell you leave, go here, do this, do that. We can tell you seek god when you see god he puts everything in its place absolutely you know so at least over here on our end Mm -hmm. we still go and we still believe and these are the reasons why we still stay you know in the midst of the craziness you know this is why we still firmly believe in this you know so definitely and and, you know we're definitely active and you know we're not two people that are just sitting here talking you know smack to talk it you know, we what we say, we live by, we, we do what we preach. We're very active. We're very engaged. You know, any ideas or things that we have, you know, we bring forth to our leaders and our pastors. And, you know, we try to, you know, we try to put in the work because that's, unfor- you know, fortunately slash unfortunately, all these things take work. So for those of you out there, you know, put in the work, be the change you want to see, you know, and everything that you do, always be sure to be guided by God. Don't, you know, make any decisions out of anger. Don't make any decisions out of ego. Don't make any decisions out of emotions. Make sure that whatever it is you're going to do that is led by God and you will see how God will glorify himself through that. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in to our new episode. Um, as always, you you can reach us by yeah godlifeculture at gmail.com you can follow us on facebook god life culture podcast on instagram god life culture podcast send us a message um you know participate in our polls and our questions that we do and um again share this podcast with someone that you think will benefit from it that needs to hear this message and um you know stay safe out there we are 26 days away from christmas and um we know that in this time it's a little crazy out in the roads and all of that so definitely um pray before you leave your house you know it's always a good thing doing anyways yeah especially (laughs) around this time uh we want to thank you guys once again uh for tuning in to the god life culture podcast that's god God life Life Culture. culture until next time see ya bye